0: Welcome to What They Never Told Us, the podcast where we explore our own personal journeys in the hopes to give you some insight into your own narrative. I'm your host, Sasha, licensed mental health
1: counselor. And I'm your host, Crystal, licensed social worker. Yes, we are mental health professionals. However, we are not experts on anyone else but ourselves. You are the only expert on you. The information shared or discussed on this podcast is not a substitute
0: for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Hello everyone and welcome back to your favorite podcast uh today crystal and i have something in my opinion it's very exciting it's a continuation of an old episode that we've done recognizing that yo we have more information to give uh but before we get into that of course we're going to do our check-ins crystal how are
1: you That's a good question. I hadn't even thought about it. I completely forgot. (laughs) 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 I don't even know. Um, I mean, I've been ruminating a lot. So I hate when that happens. Um, And I can't get myself out of it. But I I know what I need to do. But I just, I'm trying to focus on like what needs to get done in the immediate. And then I will take up whatever is taking up space in my mind later um so I'm trying to I'm doing my best to just be productive and take control of the situation because I feel like rumination always makes me feel like I don't have control when I really do so I'm just trying to like find a way that's effective to manage it in the long term because I know that I'll get to focus on it I just have to wait and that's okay I can wait
0: So that's interesting because that's healthy and it could be unhealthy at the same time, depending on what situation you're in. So it's always very good to to have the capacity to hold emotions that are uncomfortable, knowing that you're going to get back to them later on. I wondered when you were talking about it, if you pushing back certain emotions and getting things done that you have to get done are in a way invalidating you once more. Right. So where's the line where you speak up for yourself versus you are putting it away for yourself? Right. As long as the goal is for yourself.
1: Yeah. So I think that's a very valid point. I love that you said that because I (laughs) I feel like my new thing is like I I play I double dutch with that line, right? Like what's mm. like I'm in, I'm out, like I don't know, like I'm trying to figure it out. Um but no, this this time specifically, I had thought about it earlier in the day. Like I took some time to like think mm. about it, jot down some notes, and then I was like, "Okay, well, there's not much else that I can do about it at this moment," right? Mm. Cuz I can't address it right now. So it's like, "All right, like now I just have to like do what I got to do." Um but I did take that energy to clean cuz I was like, "Well, I need to get, you know, I need to scrub these, scrub this toilet. So let me (laughs) take that energy and put it to good use. How about you?
0: I think I'm just in a weird place. And um, I'm realizing that I'm very sensitive and I don't know how to be okay with that because, on one hand, my sensitivities go a long way and people like that and you know they get benefit out of that especially me as a therapist and on the other hand it's like okay I don't know where my boundaries are where my self-preservation is um and also because I'm so sensitive when even when healthy things are coming into my life where I know I'm engaging in healthier patterns yo the the recognition of like oh shit there's that old stuff again uh that hurt when that person did that to me it, it, it like almost re, it, I almost re experience it. So the way, the best way I could describe it is like, imagine you're making space for like new furniture. You have to go like piece by piece in your house to figure out like what you're going to throw out and what you're going to keep. And sometimes you, you realize that you put shit away that you thought you were going to deal with at, later on, but then you never did. And then when you look at it again, it's just a reminder of what was, um, even though your intention is to throw it out. So it's kind of like rehashing of old feelings, but recognizing that I'm no longer in danger, no longer in pain. Uh, So that's a weird process. It takes a lot of energy out of you, to be quite honest.
1: Yeah, I get that. And I feel like you're talking about doing the work. And that's why we're here. (laughs) Doing the work part two. All right. (laughs) And just like doing the work part one, Sasha and I are going through our shit uh so we thought why not bring the conversation back again uh so last time that we did uh doing the work part one that episode is called confronting you you and you so definitely go back if you haven't already because we do talk about some fundamental uh pieces of doing the work like how do you acknowledge when you need to do the work what does that actually mean uh, what can that potentially look like? What are some helpful tips to get started? If you aren't already doing the work, this episode is really going to just be adding on to what we did for that one. And uh, back then, Sasha was going through a breakup. Mm-hmm. Happy to say that that's behind. Well, I'll let you speak for yourself, but <laughs> I feel like it's behind you now.
0: <laughs> so that that's part of the what I was saying, though, the boxes. I'm like yeah. I'm reliving certain memories. I'm like, yo, that was so fucked up, and it hurts me still. That like that person, the experience, and I'm like, fuck, you know, like even if it's behind me, it's so strange.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we can talk about that a little bit more. <laughs> and um, I was experiencing a depression due to burnout. So uh, is granted, that behind I'm still you in that situation? No, I was like, I'm still in that situation. I think I'm just. Choosing. Are you sure? Um, I don't think it's burnout as much as it's lack of motivation at this point. Like, I'm just like this, which I feel like is part of burnout, but I don't think it's because like, I've been overworked. I think like, it's just my time to let that thing go. Hmm. And I, Mm am and, but, but then in the process of me trying to let that thing go, other things have come up and I'm like, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah, so it's, it's going to be, it's just, I'm. It's going to take time, so I'll figure it
0: out. Yeah. So, (laughs) obviously, confronting your shit and doing the work is not glamorous. I know that Crystal and I make it sound glamorous uh, because, I mean, we're just that good at it, obviously. And because of that, today we're going to discuss what happens when you actually engage in that process with yourself. Because as Crystal said, confronting you, you, and you was basically about why and how you should start confronting yourself, right? But now we're like in the middle, in the thick of it, basically. And Mm -hmm. different shit comes up, sadly. Um, I wish it was that easy. Um, So first, we need to acknowledge that it doesn't end with figuring yourself out. You know, there comes a point in time where you have to practice engaging with yourself and others in in healthier ways. And that is the shit that gets triggered once you start putting these things Mm -hmm. into practice, right? So I can't speak for anyone else, but... um, I had this idea once upon a time where I, like, found the answer. I found what was, you know, my problem. I understood my issues. And then I'd be healthier and better. And then just recognizing that didn't happen was almost like um, a disillusionment. Is that a word, disillusionment? And obviously that's not how it goes. So there's something that happens when your brain begins to do this thing where you logically understand what's going on, right? That's you understanding the issue. And you know what you want. That's you trying to um, initiate change and move forward in that change. But then physically and emotionally, you're having completely different experiences. So in the first episode, we spoke about the mind-body connection um, and how your body can give you a lot of information if you just start listening and observing. The challenging part of it is that sometimes your body is still going to have a negative reaction, even though you are no longer in that emotion. Even if your mind isn't there and there's technically nothing sparking that emotionally out of you, your body is going to have you re-experience that. So I purposely put physical, right, within the physical and emotional um, reactions coming up because your physical sometimes will dictate how and what you are feeling, even if you're no longer logically in the emotion, right? So this is very obvious for people who experience anxiety, um, and I actually think it's kind of uh discreet for people who are avoidant because they think nothing's wrong because that's Mm -hmm. just kind of their pattern but i have anxiety um so my body has been responding to new and healthy which is something you know new and healthy is something that i've always stated that i wanted but once i'm in a, a position with engaging new and healthy consciously my body is like oh the alarms start going off because it remembers what happened in the past and then immediately I start having irrational thoughts and beliefs and then it floods me and then I have the negative emotion. And this is when things like panic attacks, like, or like I said, the irrational thoughts come out and yo, they're so contradictory that I feel like I'm crazy. And I feel like I don't know what I'm experiencing and that I don't trust myself. And that's actually quite normal for those who are experiencing mm-hmm. the same thing.
1: I'm so happy that you said that it was normal. Cause I feel like it's one of those things that if you don't, Know that that's normal, like you'll start experiencing that and then run, right? You're mm-hmm. like, oh, like it, it's danger again. It's danger again. And I think for me, uh, my mind body connection has actually been different. Um, and I know that for you, you've been experiencing healthy from an external source. For me, it's been. Um, like me imposing those healthy things upon myself Um, it's still really challenging because I think that because of my traumas I was disconnected from my body so now that I am connected to my body or like working towards connecting to my body I am using my body more as a signal So for example, one of my signs that I'm not okay is when I want to, if I have a lot of energy and I want to move and I want to do things, I'm like, okay, something is up. But before I would just see that as okay. Like I want to, I just want to do things. Like I have the energy and stuff like that. Now I'm starting to realize that that's nervous energy or that's built up energy, finding an outlet, or I notice that I hold my breath a lot. So Mm. I'm starting to breathe like I have to force myself to breathe. So when I when I get caught in my chest and I'm like, like, what is what is that? I'm like, breathe. It's because you're not breathing like that's what's caught in your chest. So I think for me, I'm using my body as a tool to understand like, oh, there's a negative emotion here. Like something is happening. Right. Because you're, you're I'm feeling it in my body, which I guess is is part of what we were talking about um earlier in the in the first episode. But I think I'm finally starting to hone it in in a way that it's automatic because before the, the that feeling in my body had to linger for a little bit in order for mm-hmm. me to feel a discomfort and and then address it. And I think like as I've been doing the work, it's easier for me to notice it more immediately. Like it'll take you know like a, a few minutes to notice it
0: I'm happy that you said that because we, literally that is physical work right mm-hmm. so now you are no it's no longer like a conscious thing where you're just kind of using your mental and emotional energy now it's like actual physical energy because you have to take note of your body you have to like recognize that oh I'm having this response and how do I calm it down and and you're like sometimes I wake up and and I work out a lot and I will feel sore and I think that's just a tension that gets built up and then how it drops down and Mm -hmm. this is why we're talking about it because yes sometimes that is normal and it sucks I'm not going to sugarcoat it but it kind of is this is part of it
1: part of the mind-body connection for me too is understanding which parts of the body store what so sometimes before my logic can catch up my body's all like because my body is already talking to me I'm learning to identify where fear is like like if I'm nervous about like Mm. confronting something or addressing something it's the nervous energy but when I have fear for my safety it's in it's that's when I hold my breath that's when it's in my chest and it's like in my core so also being able to acknowledge what the body is telling you in terms of what the emotion is and it just helps to make those connections a lot more quickly it will also help you to identify how you can relax your body Mm -hmm. so that you can start thinking about things from a more logical perspective. Or even if you just need to feel the feelings and do what you need to do to feel the feelings, but don't let your body stay in that response.
0: I completely agree with you. So I think that body work is is important. So A, start noticing what you're protecting yourself from, because I think it's Mm -hmm. initially a protection. And so Crystal and I Mm -hmm. both have trauma in our life. And I want to point out that you don't necessarily need to have a past with trauma because we all have defenses and ways of seeing the world and protecting our experiences that we're trying to preserve, even if they're currently not serving us, right? So it's important, like Crystal said, to start noticing like your body and then you'll start noticing like, oh, what made me get like that, right? Was it a word? Was it an experience, a person, a situation? So this is is when it gets tricky because for me, something I noticed recently is that I I am just completely uncomfortable with the idea of being seen physically or figuratively. So, I've been noticing for a while that when I'm outside, I tense up and I have shallow breathing. And this shit was so confusing for me because I didn't have that before. And it hit me that when I am actually seen, like in a physical way, especially being a girl, and this has to do with my past with men, actually. I feel the need to show up a certain way. I feel like I have to look a certain way and like I'm not comfortable in myself thinking about what other people are thinking of me, in particular men. I never had full boundaries because of how I was taught to engage with others emotionally as a child. So once I don't have emotional boundaries, I grew up and now, I don't have, I, I learned not to have physical boundaries and I, and I started doing things for other people, if that makes sense. Like, so I was putting my, I'm putting my knees in the backseat for others, leaving room for me to begin putting someone else's idea of what they think I should like, look like, or show up as, as a priority over what I thought. And that's how convoluted this is. Um, it's, it, there's so many levels to it and why we do what we do, but it started all with the idea that my feelings weren't deserving of being heard therefore my opinion of myself isn't good enough like it's so crazy how that happens once you start figuring these things out um something as simple as breathing through those moments so like crystal said like catching your breath relaxing the parts of your body that are tense while recognizing oh this is what's triggering me i'm no longer in danger i'm actually safe and like kind of like repeating that over and over again Calming your body down when you're in those moments when your body's reacting is going to create new neural con- neural connections where you start experiencing your world safe. Right. Like so for anybody who works out, muscle memory really is a thing. Um, this is why yoga is so good and why we recommend it
1: yoga is really good, especially if you are very mindful of your breathing during yoga. But I think depending on the type of yoga that you do, like if it's finyasa, sometimes it's hard to keep up with your breath, especially if you're a beginner, because you're kind of like trying to learn the moves and try not to fall. And if you're like me and have zero balance, it's like <laughs> impossible to do some of those moves. So um, I would say meditation is also a good one. Uh, I recently was out with someone who I was physically safe with. But then I felt emotionally unsafe. And I had to, like, sit down and breathe and meditate and center myself and say, okay, like, you are safe right now. It was to the point where I didn't even want to, like, look at my phone. And it was just, like, breathe. Like, this person cannot harm you through your phone. So a lot of times, like, you have to... um like start to, to calm the thoughts and be rational. And I think that breathing helps because what breathing does is, especially depending on the technique that you use, like your breath can help you slow down your heart rate. If your heartbeat is uh, racing or maybe your heart is going at a little faster than it would in a state of calm, when you start to uh, do breathing exercises, especially if you breathe out longer than you breathe in, it'll like calm your body down. It'll alert you your body will start to believe that it's safe and then you can start to self-soothe by, you know, like being more rational like you're, you know, like saying like you're safe, it's okay. You can look at your phone, no one's going to harm you, things like that.
0: It's funny because I keep thinking like this is really a lot of work and it's confusing and it will create resentment. That's part of doing the work. Um Cause now, like, if you really think about what we just spoke about, you have so much to work through. You have your old feelings, you have your body's old response, and then you have your new feelings and how it's just a lot.
1: So I think the biggest piece for me, a lot of times, um, when the feelings come up or something that, that has been different for me this, this time around with doing the work is I've been very ashamed of my feelings and not only am I ashamed of my feelings, but I'm ashamed of feeling my feelings. Like I just, I have like a, a, a fear because just to give, I guess, a little context to our listeners, um, part of what I've been dealing with, uh, in terms of like this time around in terms of doing the work, it really just basically like whatever little bit of ego, self esteem that i was holding on to my whole life this situation eviscerated it like i was basically like you ain't shit you ain't never been shit you ain't never going to be shit like that's you know like when i tell you that like a an ant felt like a giant in comparison to how small i felt it was bad hmm. um so that that has been the most challenging piece for me right now and i think a big piece of that was shame because it was like not only am I ashamed that I've discovered that I'm not shit which I'm it's not true but in my mind at the time that was you know what I was feeling it's like I don't even want to Like, I feel ashamed to feel this. Like, I feel these feelings and it sucks. And I feel ashamed to feel it because it's, like, it was almost like a meta experience. It was kind of like I was in it and then I was also outside of it. And, like, at no angle did I want to tap into those feelings.
0: Yo, but you know what the worst part about that is? Is that it's so fucked because you're going to experience shame. Only because of the fact that you're recognizing that something needs to be changed, whether you decide to do anything about it or whether you actually move forward with making that change. Because the acknowledgement that something is is wrong in you, yo, you're going to feel the shame because you don't do anything about it. Like I should be doing this, right? Think of all the things mm-hmm. we quote unquote should be doing. And then when you actually try and make a change and it's not working, you're going to look mm-hmm. at yourself and be like, you're a fucking asshole. You're an idiot. Look at you. You can't even make good changes for yourself. And then you feel shame yeah. over that. But I think that speaks to exactly what we're trying to to get across here, which is shame is like the most normal experience when creating change. So, you know, when you experience the shame, you're going to have two options, right? You either engage in that downward spiral of shame, um, which looks like the unhealthy behaviors that you do to avoid, which are like isolation, avoidance, mm-hmm. hurting ourselves, whatever that looks like for you, right? Even mm-hmm. if... Taking on too much work, or taking on too little work, or ignoring your work—um, like basically a total rejection of what we know is good, right? Right. Or mm-hmm. you can see it, understand that it's part of the process, learn from it, and give yourself some grace, recognizing that this is normal and it has value. You can learn from it, yeah. And I, I hate saying that because it's so—it's like learning from that annoying ass teacher. That you had like in the third grade, uh-huh. that you just wanted to to leave and like go on to the next grade, because you only had one.
1: <laughs> that was very, specific. God, it was very personal for me. I, <laughs> I hated well, her. I hated <laughs> her. <laughs> yes, you see, so you <laughs> gotta, gotta listen to the message within the message. <laughs> I, I was like, that was that was oddly specific. Okay. <laughs> So so shame is also something that I feel in my body. So, you know, to tie it back to the mind-body connection, be mindful of that, Um, how shame shows up. Because shame is also in my core, right? It's not the shallow breathing. But shame feels like, you know, when you make it to the top of a roller coaster and you're about to go down mm-hmm. and you don't, that's what it feels like that's what shame feels like like I'm stuck at the top of this roller coaster and I know I'm about to go down and I don't want to go down because I'm the because when you're on a roller coaster you don't have control right that roller coaster is gonna move whether you like it or not Mm -hmm. but shame because you can choose to ignore it like Sasha said it's like you're at the top you're at the peak of the roller coaster and now you're like Okay, am I gonna let am I, am I gonna let this roller coaster come down because it's gonna be uh, it's gonna feel wild. like when you're going down on a roller coaster, it feels crazy. Just wanted to point that out um, for those of you who maybe have a similar experience in case that's helpful. Uh, the other thing that I want to say about shame is that, and I think I've said this before, but shame loves secrecy.
0: And mm. really the
1: only way to deal with shame is to speak it into existence yeah. like whatever it is that that you are dealing with like the only <laughs> when I tell you it's the only way which fucking sucks it's like it can does. I journal about it um but not nope. because nah, that's a secret that's keeping it yeah. a secret um I will say for me that's where my therapist comes in honestly I think a a lot of the bigger shame pieces I've talked about in therapy and I don't think that I would have gotten through it if I hadn't spoken to her. Um, because the other piece about shame is that shame shame loves secrecy. But shame also needs an empathetic, loving, understanding ear. Someone that hold, can hold space for you with whatever it is that you're feeling. You can't just... Sometimes when the shame is too big, you can't just go around telling any old body about what you're going through. Because if that person responds in a poor manner guess what's going to happen you're going to keep it a secret again because you're going to be like remember that one time that I told somebody and they reacted and now Mm -hmm. you know like I you it kind of like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy see I shouldn't have told nobody like well you know and you kind of like start to spiral so um don't keep it a secret but make sure that you tell a trusted person
0: I think that a step before actually speaking it and speaking to it and Trusting somebody to hear it, you have to be okay with the fact that you have shame, and you have mm-hmm. to give yourself some grace. When we say this is a part of the process, we are not lying, and it's not just because Crystal and I have both experienced it. It's just there's books on this for a reason, right? Um, you're gonna experience it, and you you should just expect it and be like, oh, this is what they were talking about. If you don't know what grace looks like, that's fine. I actually think grace is a human right of ours which is something that I've been uh, switching my perspective on just the same way I have the right to, you know, speak my mind. We all have like rights, like freedom of choice, space to be you, et cetera. But I think that growing up, we indirectly are given messages that make us feel like these rights that we once knew to be true. And when we were taught in grade school are conditional now. Right. So it's like, I am not allowed grace unless I show up as X, Y, Z. Right. But that's not, that's not true. It sometimes you, you just, you have to just really declare it. Like, yes, I have the right to practice giving myself grace. I deserve love. I deserve to take up space. Um, and I know I'm making it sound easier said than done, but this is where I think positive affirmations really, really help. Uh, there it's just that constant reminder, whether you have to put it on post-it, no, whether you write down your positive affirmations in a journal, it's being intentional about putting it at the forefront of your mind that yes, this is a thing, and your brain eventually starts to make the connection with like, yo, it, it's real and it's mine, and it and I deserve it.
1: Yes. Have you been talking to my therapist on the low? Uh,
0: so
1: <laughs> <'Cause no. laughs> Although I think her like- and I would be friends. <laughs> I definitely feel like in another universe, my therapist and I, in another lifetime, we would have definitely been uh friends had we not met as therapist and client. But um that ship has sailed, unfortunately. <laughs> she says that I have to have it for myself and you have to give it to other people. So also mm-hmm. remember that. About like in order for you to give it to yourself, sometimes you have to be mindful of whether or not you're giving it to other people as well. Because if you don't give it to other people, it might be harder to allow yourself that space.
0: So I actually want to touch a little bit on something you said about other people actually involving other people in your process because this is huge to doing the work. Like once you're in that process, so just for starters, therapy or and however it is you are choosing to begin confronting your quote unquote stuff is definitely something that you do for yourself only. Right. So I'm not out here preaching that you need to make these changes for other people. I'm talking about the interactions with other people and how it affects your process, just to be clear, Mm -hmm. Uh, because the reality is that you cannot practice progress until you engage with other people. Other people, whether they mean well or not, they're going to trigger your stuff. This is the stuff you're working on. And that's the moment in time when you're like, here's my new toolkit. I'm going to use X, Y, Z. You can have the toolkit there all you want. But if you don't have the opportunity to actually practice it, it you, you you only get as far as that moment, right? As that, as that mm-hmm. At that point. So I think that recognizing that people are essential to confronting your feelings, it's part of doing the work. And there's a lot of value in it. I think that we don't recognize what the value is. So I just want to list out a couple of things of how, you know, people could be valuable. So you see people love and accept you for who you are, which in turn helps see what is lovable about you. If you choose to engage in that process, because they're not out here giving you charity, that's for sure. Um, you, well, they better not be out here giving you charity. <laughs> like, hold
1: on. <laughs> no, no. But I think that for the most part, if someone's going to love you in genuine ways, it's because they feel that you deserve it no matter like where you're at. And I think that that helps to remind you like, Oh, like, even in my messiness, even in my emotions, even as I'm struggling, even as I'm working through, this person is choosing to engage with me, to see me, to love me. And it helps you to remind yourself, like, you are lovable. Like, yes, the love needs to come from within, but we are social beings, right? So, yes. like, we do need, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a give and take, right? Like, both yeah. of those pieces need to be there in order for, like, the self-love needs to be there and the love from others.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's sometimes you just you can't start seeing your worth until you see it through the eyes of someone else. And that's OK, too. And engaging with other people helps you learn that communicating is a coping mechanism that can prevent you from being reactive. Whatever it mm. was that you were once prone to react, right, like whether it was avoiding or exploding or whatever that looks like, you you start to practice like actually speaking to your feelings, trusting that person, Saying, "Hey, this is my shame," and then they can when when they tolerate it, you don't feel as threatened because you're recognizing, like, "Oh, there's no reason." It's that it's that actual practice.
1: Yeah, and I would say to um, for those of you who may be fearful, because I'm someone who isolates themselves, right? So, like, when it comes to engaging with community and others, it's difficult for you to believe that the other person even cares enough, right? So I think, like, you can even start off in small ways just to gauge how is this person going to react, how are you going to feel, right? Recently, when I experienced the, the, the blow to my ego uh, that I mentioned earlier, I remember someone was trying to be helpful to me, and I didn't want to speak to them. Um, not because of anything that they did, but because I was having a difficult time just connecting to anyone, because um, I I was ashamed. I was experiencing shame. And at the end of it, what I did was I said, hey, thank you for reaching out. It meant a lot to me that you even tried to connect with me. So sometimes like if, if that's all that you're capable of doing to say like, thank you for trying, that's part of the building the communication piece because that person was like, yes, absolutely. I get why you weren't feeling that way. So sometimes if you're having a difficult time making those connections, even saying like, I'm having a difficult time connecting and this is why, like if you don't feel safe enough to go into the feeling, start off small.
0: Yes, I completely agree because that's still healthy communicating.
1: Healthy uh-huh. communication.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yo, I, I just want to speak to the reality that a lot of us have people in our lives that are not responding to us with curiosity, uh-huh. care, and love, right? So just the same way I stated, we all have basic rights earlier in, in regards to giving ourselves grace. Yo, you have the right to have loving and accepting friends. Uh, you know, if that person truly loves and cares, they will continue to be open to your process. They may not fully understand it, but as long as they want to, I think that that's important and they're curious and they're willing to learn and explore with you. And I'm sorry to say this, but if you are recognizing that people in your life are not showing up that way, this is part of the change and doing the work. It's time. And Mm -hmm. Crystal said this in the last episode, it's time to rethink your relationships and that is more than okay. You have full permission. And it is going to be scary. But it's necessary because I think, again, this is just something that is, it's our right to have. If you want to get better and if you want to feel better, it is part of our, your responsibility in doing the work to to start seeking out relationships that are validating and ending the ones that are not.
1: Yes, community is a big piece. And I love that we talk about it. Um, And I think that's something that keeps me motivated in doing the work as someone who has more of a tendency to isolate themselves, is that I can't give up on myself. Like, I know that I deserve a community and people who love me and to feel cared for and held. And I feel like I want that for myself. And I remind myself that like, I deserve that. And I can get that if I put in this hard work. So I constantly remind myself that I cannot give up on me. Um, I believe that there is a version of me that will be relieved from this trauma not saying that it will like it's going to be like it's erased because it's it Mm -hmm. never will be but I think that I can get to a place where I'm not constantly in a fight or flight like I'm not constantly being triggered my body is not on constant alert Mm -hmm. right um and I have to tap into that hope right that I can be that person that's going to emerge on the other side of this journey Yeah. And I think I've gotten to the point now where I got over the initial like hump of doing the work. Because I think like once you like once you you tell yourself that it's time to start and get into it, um, you know, and we said it in, in the first Confronting You, You and You episode where it's like doing the work. Doesn't hurt any less, but it gets easier, right? Like, cause now, you know, like this, the more you get into it, the more, you know, that you're equipped with the right tools. Right. So that's what we said in the first one. And I think I've gotten to the point now where I've experimented enough with feeling my feelings and like my emotions and expressing how I feel, even if it's just to my therapist. Um, I still, have a lot of work to do with other people in my life Uh, (laughs) um that you know like I've done it enough times that I think now it's too painful to keep things in like so on the other side it's like at first it was like it's too painful to get things out now it's too Mm. painful to keep things in so know that um you know, like it, it, you can you can flip like there is another side and you can get to that other side. Because at this point, it's more of a nuisance for me to sit with my feelings than it is to express them.
0: Yeah, it's so funny. Like there's no going back once after a certain point. And, you know, for me, what that looks like is uh, I feel unfulfilled if I don't try. Like I feel like I didn't put my all and it becomes this thing where like I'm aligning myself with who I, and I spoke about this in confronting you, you and you, I'm aligning myself with the idea of who I want to be versus who I really am. And they're starting to come closer together. And I see that through my process, right? So like in hindsight, if I really think about this a year ago, yo, I was out here scared of how people were going to react to my blonde hair. And it's so funny because I've gone blonder. Um, And I feel like that's like a very like strong declaration of like, yo, I'm just going to do whatever I want, whether what whether you like it or not. Um, and I look back at my journal, which is why it's useful, by the way, because it's actually like data to look back at. And I'm like, yo, I don't worry about that anymore. So that is progress, right? Uh, you, This is the important part of having other people because like you start to speak to them and they remind you of like, remember when you felt X, Y, and Z and you're like, yo, I really did forget about it. Because you will forget, You'll, you won't notice your own progress. So there has to be ways that you can set your life up to to kind of be able to look back and look at that progress. And I know through my experience that it's there and that's what motivates me.
1: Yeah. And I think for the times when it feels um, a little overwhelming, just take a day by day. Um, I am someone who lives in the future a lot. Like I have a hard time being in the present. And I think that's also part of my trauma response. Like um, I don't want to, I get caught in the past or the future but never in the present, I'm starting to realize that I can't get caught up in too much of those things. I can't get too caught up in the past or the future. So I ask myself, what do I need right now? What am I feeling right now? What is my body saying right now? How can I get myself through this day? What do I want to feel in the moment? Right? Um, And also working towards uh, self-acceptance about like this is where I am now. And if I continue to fight it, I'm going to constantly be in a battle with myself and I'm going to stay stuck. However, if I choose to accept where I am today, um, no matter how daunting it may seem, I will get to a point where I can actually do something about it and change my future that's something to help get through, get you through the difficult days, right? Because um, you do want to have hope for the future, but you don't want to get too caught up in that where you don't do the work today.
0: Yeah, and you know, that, you saying that reminds me of, I mean, it, it reminds me of exactly why I think I even got into psychology to begin with. Uh, deep down, I know that there really is a better way that we all can engage with each other. and And I say better because I don't think the way we're doing it now is quite healthy at all, actually. Um, So, and that starts with hard work. Um, It's not our fault that we got the short end of the stick um, in certain areas of our lives, but it is our responsibility to be and do better once we recognize that something is off. Like we all have the right to hold each other accountable to that same process. And that ultimately Mm -hmm. is what motivates me. So when I meet people like you, Crystal, or other people that I've chosen to kind of come into my life and I'm like, yo, they're doing some real fucking work that that motivates me too so mm-hmm. thank you
1: yeah no thank you too because it's it works both ways <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and because you know i like a little bit of consistency true to how we <laughs> ended last, the last the last confronting you you and you episode we're gonna end up with some tips uh Sometimes when you're feeling shame or very strong emotions, I would highly recommend that you start dealing or facing ones that seem a little easier or less daunting or manageable at the time so that you just start getting yourself a little bit more used to uh, those emotions. So let's say you have a couple of things going on in your life. Like let's say you're stressed out about work and then you're also having You know, issues with your relationship. It might feel a little less daunting to deal with the things that you have to do at work because it maybe seems more concrete. It may seem like you have less to lose or maybe a little less invested in terms of like your emotions. So start off with something smaller and build your way up. That doesn't mean ignore other things, right? But if you start to get a little practice and start to see, like, oh, I I got through that or I managed that, I, I came out on the other side of that, okay. Then you'll start to apply that same principle to other areas um, where you need to do the work.
0: Another thing I would like to talk about is how we include other people because I I know that we spoke about including other people, but then sometimes that can be very daunting in and of itself. Um, First of all, start to see the value in it, right? Uh, Creating your own list as to why it's valuable for you and what you're gonna get out of sharing your process with people that you love and care about helps you see the good of it as opposed to the fears, right? Like, are they going to judge me? Are they going to think I'm crazy? Are they going to think I'm stupid, right? Because that's what shame does. Shame will inevitably create a narrative of yourself in your own mind that's going to prevent you from speaking to people. So I think that creating an objective list of why this is going to help you is probably the best way to do it. Um, And on the flip side, writing down the possible ways letting other people in can possibly feel dangerous or like a threat. That could be a good entry point as well, not just for yourself, but saying like, hey, you know, let's say I haven't told Crystal what I'm ashamed of. And I'm like, listen, Crystal, I want to share this with you. Um, and I want you to be included in my process because I understand that this is good for me, but I'm afraid you're going to react in X, Y, Z way. And then having a conversation on that, and that could be a good way to, to start talking about what it is that you're experiencing. You know, ultimately, yeah. however you choose to do it, it's okay to be open with your process, because uh, what you really are going through is normal. Like, remember that it's normal. That's another tip. Remember that it is normal. Yo, we are mm-hmm. pro- quote-unquote professionals. <laughs> and we still go through this. Mm-hmm. It's normal. Normal.
1: So, um, in terms of your community, to kind of piggyback a little bit off of Sasha's point, community is important. And even if you don't necessarily want to... uh tell people like how you're feeling or talk about your feelings. Sometimes community is important to just give you a break from doing the work cuz that's one thing that my therapist taught me. Sometimes when you're feeling very shameful and like you're in your feelings or you're experiencing something difficult like during my trauma work when we were literally rehashing what my trauma was, she's like you need a disconnecting activity. Mm. Um and sometimes that disconnecting activity can be going for a walk you know going grocery shopping like she said not to watch tv cuz that's not the best cuz it's numbing um she says do something a little bit more active i watch tv sometimes <laughs> um but <laughs> You know, play, uh, you know, like go out, you know, be active, go to the gym, do something that will occupy your mind and will be positive for you, like something that is productive and positive to your um well being. And sometimes hanging out with friends can be that thing, right? Like sometimes, you know, you just need your friends to be funny and like talk about what's going on in their lives and like go do an activity with them just to like remind yourself that like you can have good moments, you don't always have to be in this very dark place because sometimes with doing the work it can feel so daunting it can feel so much bigger than you and I know that there's been times where I feel like I'm being sucked into like a black hole and I'm like am I ever gonna get out Mm -hmm. of it and you know uh I can safely say that you will (laughs) get out of it but sometimes you need to pull yourself out of it and that goes um with being community on the flip side of that If you just need time to be alone, that is also okay. Like, if you just are like, I need quiet, I need peace, do that for yourself as well. Another tip I will say is to have a plan ready before you even get into heavy stuff, right? Let's say you know, you're about to start therapy or, you know, like you're about to tackle something challenging, try to come up with a plan when you're in a good place of what you're going to do when you're in that negative emotional space, right? So it could be calling your therapist, uh, calling specific friends, um, make sure you have a list of multiple people because, you know, people have lives. So if someone doesn't answer, it is not a reflection of you. It is just that they're busy and they're living their life. Some things that I did for myself was have a, like I had when well, my best friend write me a letter um, to remind me of all of the reasons why I was worthy and great and that I would get remind me that I would get through this. But you can also write that letter for yourself to remind yourself to stay motivated and get through it. Um, make sure to self soothe, get coloring books and you don't even need those adult coloring books that are tedious as hell because let me tell you them should be stressing me out you can get the baby coloring books too that are mad easy to color in with a crayon okay I just want to give you permission uh, <laughs> you know just anything that'll help you feel good in the moment, um, save that video to that meditation that you really like, whatever it is that, you know, is going to help you feel better, have that ready to go. So you don't even have to think about it when you're in that shame spiral or you're in those negative emotions. It's like, okay, let all you need to do is say, let me get the list and do what's on the list period.
0: You know, I really like that. Um, because it reminds me of it's, it's honestly something I've been trying to do. I don't know if I'm doing it well, but it has to do with me planning myself and my what my next couple of weeks are going to look like, because I have a tendency to say yes to everything. I do have people in my life and like I speak to them on the phone and uh, I see them and, you know, like I have people that want to see me all the time. And it's like and that's beautiful. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but like I, I realize that making time for me should be a priority, like kind of like setting yourself up, not for failure, but for success and having to say no mm-hmm. to people, which creates that whole process that we just spoke about, because I feel weird about saying that too. Mm-hmm. I think that's also a good way to, to start recognizing like, how do I feel when I engage in these things with people? Even if I want to, but is that smart for me? How do, do I feel depleted? Mm-hmm. Like how much energy do I really have to give? So it's kind of like putting um, plans in place so that you're not mm-hmm. running on E. Because this shit takes a lot of energy from you.
1: Absolutely. I agree. Emotional energy, I think is underestimated a lot of times. And then the last thing that I have is set aside time for reflection. I think that it's very easy to get caught up in the day to day, like just day to day life, like This is happening and this is happening and I have to do this and I got to drop off the kids and I got to, you know, like it's it's so easy to get caught up in that. Um, And it doesn't even need to be something every day, like whether you take two to three times a week, set some time to journal, to think, to meditate, to do yoga, to practice your affirmations, talk out loud to yourself be intentional about making that time for yourself. And that's similar to, to even what Sasha was saying about like making sure that you set yourself up for success. This is part of setting yourself up for success. And during those reflection times, like understand your patterns, ask yourself why. We spoke about that a lot in the first Confronting You, You, and You episode. Like ask yourself why and then ask yourself why again and then ask yourself why again until you get to the, to the root of, of things but just really start off with just general reflections and whatever it is that you need um, that is that is on your brain that you feel is troubling you just just make that time um because it'll save you um in the long run so we hope that you enjoyed part two of confronting you you and you doing the work part two Of course, we like to keep it real. Um, And even though there's a part of me that's like, damn it, not me in the middle of doing the work again. Um, I'm glad that (laughs) I am doing the work, um, even when it gets challenging and that my experiences can hopefully be helpful to anyone else out there who's in the midst of doing it. So definitely make sure to check us out on Instagram at nevertolduspod. Check us out on TikTok at the same handle at never told us pod and also make sure to send us an email let us know if this has been helpful for you uh let us know what's going on with you if you're doing the work and how that's been how that process has been going and you can send that email to never told us pod at com.
0: and just like last time don't forget to keep coming back so we can tell you what they never told us